The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard. Hi, I'm Jessica Diamond. This is our show, Meaningful Living, where we break down the overwhelming amount of parenting, lifestyle, and relationship information into credible and digestible knowledge and tools. Parenting is hard, and the thousands of decisions we're forced to make every day can feel daunting. While we've never had access to so much information, it's never been harder to find the knowledge we need to feel confident in the choices we make. We're sharing completely uncensored information here. It can be messy, but it's always fun and always real. Check out Meaningful Living anywhere you listen to your podcast. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra, the Optimism Doctor, and this is Looking Up, a place where you can expect to find raw, transparent storytelling. Listen in to learn real science-based techniques to cultivate more optimism, resiliency, and authentic joy from artists, athletes, experts, and many more. Before we even get into this episode of Looking Up, I wanted to share with you guys a really, really happy, joyful piece of good news. As you guys know, uh, if you've heard me ever speak on this topic before, I do not suggest that everyone just turns off their news and the idea of ignorance is bliss. I believe that knowledge is power and we should know what's going on. And by knowing what's going on, maybe you're that one person out there that can actually make a difference and have a great idea to solve a problem or to solve and help with something that we are struggling with, either on a micro level or a macro level. And so it's not about turning off the news, which oftentimes can be bad news, but it is about helping to seek out and expose ourselves to more good news because there's actually wonderful things, inspiring, good pieces of news that are happening throughout the world. We're just not so exposed to it. So I read this piece of good news and I want to share it with you. After 24 years of searching, parents are reunited with their abducted son. I read this article and it just made me so happy and was super inspiring. It's a couple that was just reunited with their son after 24 years. When their son was two years old, he was abducted from outside his family's home south of Beijing. And the couple did everything possible to bring awareness to their son's cause. And the father ended up riding 300,000 miles across China by motorcycle so he could visit every province and pass out flyers showing a picture of his son. He didn't track his son down, but he did actually find other children who had been kidnapped and reunited them with their families. And he just kept at this for so many years. And now at 26, they are reunited with their son. And they had a really beautiful, tearful reunion on Sunday. And this just was a piece of happy news that I wanted to share with you guys. And I hope that you guys will all be inspired to seek out a piece of happy news right now. There's always something great going on. And I am vowing to share a little more happy news on all of my platforms because I think that it's actually kind of hard to find it. We have to actively do it. Whereas other types of news, we don't have to be doing anything to be exposed to those. So let's keep learning about what's going on in the world, but also remember to, to actively seek out some happy news as well. This is the last episode to wrap up season five of Looking Up. And it's going to be a solo episode. I've been thinking a lot about this season. And what has really been standing out to me is this idea of making micro moments. 
This is something I spoke about in detail on episode six of season five with Melissa Wood Tupperberg of Melissa Wood Health. And the idea of practicing self-care because we're worth it, which is something that we discussed on the first episode of this last season with Tara Schuster, which is titled By Yourself, The Effing Lilies. This concept of time and honoring ourselves in the midst of our very hectic lives has come up again and again over this past week for me. I got to sit down and record some future episodes, which will come out next season, which drops after our break next week on July 26th. This idea of not having enough time and what to do with the time that we actually have is something that I have been struggling with for a long time now. So today's episode is just going to be a simple list of some simple mindfulness self-care exercises that we can do with the time that we have. And I want us all to start rethinking about what and where that time is and how we find it during our days. I was just recording with someone and he was casually mentioning to me that he meditates during the time he's waiting at the doctor's office. I know that sounds simple and maybe you already do that, but why didn't I think of that? And then I started to think about all the times I say, I don't have time to stretch. I don't have time to be mindful. I don't have time to breathe. I don't have time to relax. I don't have time to focus. I don't have time to center, to ground, etc. But as I was waiting for my tea to brew this morning or my baby's bottle to warm, or while I took a shower or transferred the laundry from the washer to the dryer, I thought about those moments in between and what I could really do with them. Here are some of my favorite mindful or relaxing or grounding exercises that I try to do throughout my day and I will try to remind myself to do more often. I'm starting to think about this idea of holding them as almost less sacred and just plugging them into the minutes I find in order to create meaningful micro-me moments during days that just seem overwhelming and jam-packed. I'm hoping that you can relate to this and that this episode is just simply useful. Okay, so something that I love to do in an exercise that is just an easy thing and simple to do when you have the moment to do it is go on a walk. And so this is actually a traditional mindfulness exercise. And on this walk, you just simply pay attention to the sounds around you, maybe the feeling of the wind against your skin, the smells around you. It's probably a good idea to keep your phone in your pocket or better yet at home if you can do that. And to just try to stay in the moment by focusing on your senses and your environment. Obviously, like all things, starting, you know, really short, maybe just once around the block and then building up on that exercise if that's something that you can do and just see how you feel. Another sort of mindful exercise that I have done in the past that I really, really love is this idea of wishing other people happiness. You only actually need about 10 seconds to do this practice. So throughout the day, you just randomly wish for someone in your life to be happy. This practice is something that is just mental. It's in your mind. You don't even have to say it out loud or tell the person that you're wishing happiness, that you're wishing happiness for them. You just have to set this positive intention of happiness and imagining this person being their absolute best and their happiness. 
You can do this while you're driving. This is something that you can do uh, while you're transferring the laundry from the washer to the dryer or while your tea is brewing. Like I said earlier, just simply wishing people in your life happiness. Another one is this idea of a five-minute focus. So someone actually recently sent me a timer. So not a timer for my phone, nothing that makes like a really crazy annoying sound, but I'll try to look it up and link it. But it's a brand that came out with actually this really cute, simple timer. And so setting a timer for five minutes and giving one task your full and undivided attention. And if you guys have heard me speak before, you know that I've talked all about how we are often rewarded, especially as women, for multitasking. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's good to multitask. And oftentimes we're rewarded in our jobs or we use them as our skill set when we're acquiring jobs to multitask. And many of us that are working moms, we're constantly multitasking. But what we know about multitasking is as much as we do it and practice it, we need time to be mindful and to just do one thing and one thing fully. And that's actually very brain protective. And if we're multitasking too much and we don't have this time to practice doing one thing at a time and single focusing our attention onto one task, it can actually leave us a little more vulnerable for things like anxiety and depression. So in this five minutes, we are just focusing our full attention on one thing, one task. You can pick what that task is. So it's a practice and it seems like it might be easy, but I've done this a bunch of times and it's actually quite challenging. Um, During this five minutes, there is no phone checking, no clicking on notifications, no browsing online, um, you know, no talking to your kids, if you can try that, or answering, um, you know, anyone's questions or making a list or a grocery list, or this is not something to be done, you know, while driving or doing one of the other tasks that we talked about. This is literally just training your brain when you have five minutes to set aside and focusing on just one thing, letting that one task take completely over, engaging in it, until the timer goes off. So another thing that I'm sure all of you have tried at some point, but I feel like this practice kind of, it comes and it goes. It sort of waxes and wanes in our life and we we start to do it and then it drops off, but making a gratitude list. So just writing down a list of 10 things that you're grateful for during this week or during the week that just passed, you know, just taking some time to think about and giving thanks for the things in our lives that make us happy or bring us joy or ground us. And don't forget, if you've heard me speak before on this, the most potent form of gratitude is actually self-gratitude. So make sure you are on that list, taking a moment to jot down some of the things that you are celebrating, your small wins, things that you're proud of yourself for. And the way that this really works is when you're focusing on what you have or what you're thankful for, um, what you're proud of, it kind of leaves very little time or attentional capacity to focus on worries or the things that um, are not going so well or the things that may be out of our control. So another one that you guys have probably heard me talk about, and I actually have a little graphic of it that I share from time to time on my Instagram, is the very powerful and relaxing 478 breath. 
So it's really about taking a moment to check in with your breath and sort of have a reset button for your body, physically and mentally. And this, again, takes a bit of practice. It seems like it might be easy, but um, this is a little bit of a physical practice. So this breath, this breath exercise is all about inhaling through your nose for four whole seconds and then holding your breath for seven full seconds and then exhaling through your mouth for eight full seconds. And now would be a great time to try that out. And don't forget that if you're just doing this for the first time, sometimes holding your breath for seven full seconds or breathing out for eight full seconds can be quite challenging. And so going slow, trying it, practicing it, and doing it a couple times to calm yourself and to sort of form a reset. Something that I practice a lot and share with my clients and something that you may have heard of or may not have, it works really, really well when you are in a moment or in a period of anxiety or even panic. Um, a lot of people have been coming up to me or, or reaching out to me recently, you know, just with the changing guidelines of what's going on in our world and our, and our particular cities right now, masking, not masking, staying in your home and, you know, socially distancing to all of a sudden parties happening again, birthday parties and baby showers and get togethers and just seeing a lot more people around. And I think we often forget that we are human and to be empathic with ourselves and bouncing around emotionally like ping pongs is not the easiest thing to transition to and from. So if you're feeling an increase in anxiety right now about getting back into the world, or if you're feeling super excited about it and with new news on the Delta variant and sort of different cities having newer guidelines again, when we just feel like we were maybe coming out of this to wearing masks again and and the fear going up. If you're feeling an uptick of anxiety at all during this time, just know that this is extremely normal. Extremely normal. This is how our minds and bodies are processing the stimuli and the information that we are being inundated with right now. So something that you can do if you're in a moment, I know for myself, I've definitely had experience with, I've shared oftentimes that I think most people think I'm pretty extroverted and outgoing. I actually love human connection and engaging and something that is part of my job is speaking to large groups of people. And I miss that, but I think it's surprising to a lot of people that I'm actually quite a bit more introverted than people would think. And um, I'm having a little bit of a tough time being around more social gatherings um, lately, partly, you know, just because of not really like having a tough time transitioning back to, you know, not wearing masks while being vaccinated and sort of like restaurants being busy again and sort of seeing all that. But another part of it is just like, I haven't been socializing very much. And that skill set is something that um, hasn't really been sharpened. And so I'm finding myself in full disclosure, maybe being at a small um, social gathering and kind of unsure of what to do. And I shared this with someone recently that was close to me that sometimes I just like excuse myself to go to the bathroom um, because I need a break and I don't even need to go to the bathroom. I sort of just need to gather myself and be a little bit alone and ground myself and check in a little bit. 
um, before going back out again. And so I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but um, these are all things that I think we should be a little more comfortable, hopefully talking about. Anyway, so one of my favorite um, sort of exercises to do is called the five senses grounding technique. And so you look around your environment, wherever you are currently in that moment, and you start to name and list off five things that you can see. Anything that you can see, you list off five things and you count them. And after you've listed off the five things that you can see, you then simply list off four things that you can touch. And it's really good to do this one out loud. So any four things that you can touch that are in your immediate vicinity. And after you do that, it's three things naming out loud that you can hear. Anything that you can hear that comes to mind, three things. And then you move on to the two things that you can smell and then the one thing that you can taste. And so this is a really important exercise. It brings you to the very, very moment. And oftentimes when we're experiencing anxiety or panic attacks or any sort of uptick of worry, we are not in the moment, in our present moment. We are very much in our minds. And um, sometimes we're in a space where we're thinking about things rationally. And other times we're in a space where we're thinking about things very irrationally. But regardless, we're sort of stuck in a sort of spiral of anxiety and worry. And it's the exact opposite of being in the present moment. And so one of the best ways to sort of halt that and sort of reset is to be in the present moment. And this exercise is a great way to sort of get your brain in a reset mode and to bring yourself back to the present moment. And it helps really calm Um, your physical systems, as well as give a reset to your emotional system. And so it's really about your brain using enough attentional capacity to focus on things right here and right now. Again, kind of what we talked about before, tricking your brain into, again, using that, uh, all of its capacity for bringing you to the moment so that you don't really have much capacity for the worries. And so one of the last things, um, the last couple things that I will share that, that I really love, one of the things that is my favorite, because if you have been following along or know uh, or listen to me speak, you know I love rituals and you know I am a self-proclaimed tea connoisseur, um, something that I think I've shared with you all before in one of the previous episodes is that something that maybe people didn't know about me is that I've never actually had coffee and I love tea. And so there is a beautiful mindful tea exercise And in many cultures around the world, tea is more about this tradition and a mindful practice than it really is about the substance. Although there is a plethora of research to show with the benefits of different types of teas. But, um, you know, for me, it's a combination of loving the taste of tea and sort of how I feel. But the majority of it is really about the ritual of brewing a cup of tea. And so it's a perfect way to sort of practice a mindful exercise. So settling into a practice and focusing on each step of what it takes to brew tea, you know, brewing the hot water or um, boiling the hot water and filling it into a vessel and watching it fill up is part of a mindful exercise and the first step that can really bring you to the moment, you know, releasing the tea leaves in 
seeing how they change color and and consistency from when they were dry and when they're touching and uh, the the hot water and how they're brewing. What does it smell like before you put them in? What is it starting to smell like when they are brewing with the hot water? The color change from the clear water into whatever the hue of the tea is. Watching the steam rise from the cup, feeling the heat of the cup against your hand. And then, of course, as you sip your tea, really trying to focus on all of your senses. What does it smell like when you're sipping? What does it taste like? What is the texture? You know, without distraction, do you like the tea? Do you like the taste? Do you not like the taste? Does it remind you of anything? For me, drinking tea is sort of a transportation exercise. It kind of reminds me of different places I've been. It sort of has this nostalgic sense to it. And so, and, and of course, you can also do this uh, with a French press, with coffee. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've never done it, but I've watched my husband do it. All of these exercises, also washing your face in the shower is a great mindful exercise. Just feeling and completely allowing yourself to immerse in the practice of the water on your face, the lathering of whatever the face wash you're using is. What does it feel like? Is it exfoliating? Is it gritty? Is it foamy? Is it gel-like? And then, of course, as you rub the face wash together and making whatever consistency it makes and putting it on your face, what does it smell like? So basically, the gist of all of this is coming up with exercises that you can bring yourself back into the moment and utilizing all of your senses is really one of the most beautiful ways to increase our relationship with our intuition. And we were all actually formed to have intuition. And and actually the biggest part of our brain is actually there to serve us with our intuition and sort of like going within and our gut instincts. And unfortunately, the type of world that we live in today, there's a lot of distraction and we're losing that really, really powerful connection with our intuition. And so much of the episodes that that I record here on Looking Up and um, getting to interview some really inspiring and resilient people always comes down to this idea of how much time are we spending within? Are we creating these micro moments Are we creating longer moments where we actually are going within, getting to know what our mind is really thinking about, getting to know our body? What is our body telling us? And we're only really able to make change and sort of withstand and persevere through struggle and build resiliency, all the things we're talking about, if we really take the time and and sort of create these moments to go within and to get to know ourselves um, a little bit better. I always say that there is no wasted time in time getting to know yourself. And so these are just a few exercises that I hope that you will find useful going on with you, especially into our next week of break. And I think that this idea of focusing on honoring ourselves and self-care, but not in a way where I feel like the last few years we just read blog after blog or on Instagram, watching people go through their very lengthy, long uh, morning rituals or self-care rituals, which in my opinion, if you can do the 15-step self-care ritual, that's amazing. And there's no judgment there. I think that's incredible. And I bet that it really is such an effective way to increase optimal living. But 
like so many of us that have so much going on and wear so many different hats, and especially over this last year plus, where we are taking on so many more roles, you know, as entrepreneurs, as employees, as parents, as friends, as preschool teachers or any sort of teachers watching our kids or having to to homeschool our kids this past year or keep them on Zoom, cleaning our homes, making sure that our families are healthy and happy, figuring out what to cook for dinner every night, um, all of these things. You know, I think that it's just, it's very important and it's, it's that we come up with some rituals and exercises for self-care that don't take long, that can be done in between things that can help us build what we're talking about, these micro moments. If you do a series of micro moments of self-care uh, or honoring yourself exercises throughout the day, that is just as good, if not probably more sustainable and better than if you could do a lengthy 30 to 40 to an hour full-on self-care ritual uh, on a daily basis, which I know many of us cannot actually do. So it's really about focusing on what we can do rather than what we can't do. Anyhow, um, I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. I don't do too many of them. And I hope you find some of these exercises to be helpful as always, please reach out on Instagram, Dr. Deepika Chopra. Let me know if you find some of these useful. Tag me in some of them if you're doing them. Um, I'd love to hear your ideas on what micro moments you're creating. Um, I think that just sharing them is a good way to help other people create their micro moments and give them ideas about what they can do and fit into their day. I hope you guys have a great next week where I won't be getting to release an episode because it's our break week and it's a good time to go back over season five or any of the seasons before and re-listen or if you missed an episode. Um, I'd love to always hear your feedback. If you have any ideas on who to have on the podcast, of course, uh, reach out as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys the week after next for season six of Looking Up which will be released on July 26th. Thanks so much for listening to Looking Up. For more optimistic content, follow me at Dr. Deepika Chopra. For more info and how to get your very own Things Are Looking Up optimism deck of cards, head to thingsarelookingup.co. If you like what you hear and you want to support the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is Me and Sade by Tommy, courtesy of Terrible Records. I'm your host, Dr. Deepika Chopra, and I'll see you next Monday for your weekly dose of optimism.